from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louis Butko. Yes, it is Tie Cats Day for a Monday, September the 12th, 2022. Louis Butko here with you on the Tie Cats Audio Network, figuring out if I still remember how to do this after a couple of days off last week. Uh, my thanks to RJ Broadhead, who uh, filled in for me uh, through the week, and uh, for David Butko for producing the shows. So, uh, if you, in case you missed it, some great conversations uh, with. With some people we don't normally hear from, Brandon Treader, who I talk to on multiple occasions every day uh, about this team, uh, and who sets up all the interviews and all the scrums, uh, it was really interesting to hear him on the podcast, and uh, I'm a little upset at myself for for not thinking about bringing him on, especially on days uh, when I struggle to find a guest, but now I know that uh, he's a pro, so... If I, if I don't have guests, I can just call Brandon, and uh, he'll be on the show, apparently. Uh, but Jeff Girodad as well, our uh, fantastic statistician. And uh, Drew Strohschein, who does a great job with the equipment and uh, the head equipment manager. So uh, some great conversations last week. And once again, my thanks to RJ for filling in for me. Great to be back. The Ticats were back here at Tim Hortons Field getting set for Saturday's game. By the way, Saturday's game, the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, it feels like we just did this. But uh, yeah, no, the class of 2022 uh, getting its moment to shine, uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame, being led by former Argos, Elks, QB, Ricky Ray, who will be inducted as part of the class of 2022. And you're going to want to be listening to the Ticats Audio Network through the weekend for exclusive Hall of Fame coverage uh, right here again on the Ticats Audio Network. Ticats are back on the practice field, so we'll hear from Coach O coming up on today's show. Uh, we'll hear from Jovan Santos-Knox as well, middle linebacker for the Ticats. Uh, and we'll be joined for some uh, Monday morning salutations as uh, Coach Sal John Salvantis will be by to get a set for Saturday's game. And yeah, we'll look back to a week ago Monday, the Labor Day Classic. Uh, you know, the Tigers aren't going to be talking about that game a whole lot this week. Just to, just to let you know, this isn't a team that, that often likes dwelling on the past. So it, it, I'm sure they're ready to move on from it and uh, we'll be moving on from it uh, very quickly as well. Again, as we focus our attention on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who improved to 12-1 and after absolutely demolishing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at home over the weekend. Uh, Ticats didn't get much help. Uh, maybe the fact that the Argos won, if you, if you feel like the Ticats can't catch the Argos. Uh, the Argos beat the Red Blacks, so the Red Blacks are 3-9, and nine, the Ticats are 3-9. and nine. Uh, But the Montreal Alouettes, they crushed BC, so they move a couple of points up on the Ticats, who all they could do was watch this week on the week. Uh, let's get to the news and notes. Not much to tell you about. No whole, no real changes since uh, with the bye week. But the Tigers did announce that they have signed American receiver Terry Goodwin or Godwin, excuse me. Uh, the 25-year-old most recently spent time with the Tennessee Titans and played in three games over three seasons with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's uh, 5'11", 185. He's a Hogansville, Georgia native and was selected by the Carolina Panthers in the seventh round of the 2019 NFL Draft. He's a product of the University of Georgia, where he played uh, four years, registering 133 receptions, 1,788 yards, and 11 touchdowns. All right, let's hear from Coach O, the president of football operations and head coach of the Ticats. Uh, he spoke after practice today, and I asked him uh, his highlight of the bye week. No, no no real highlight, just um, time with the family, and, you know, the body clock doesn't stop, so you wake up at a, 
nice early hour, but you don't have to get up. So that's the difference. You know, how they handled it, you'd have to, you know, speak with them individually, but all I can tell you is, you know, the energy's great. The practice was awesome. The coaches uh, seem rejuvenized. And yeah, so one day in, feeling pretty good. So you wouldn't expect anything less though? No, but if you had asked me, you know, the energy was good before, but it's, it's just different because people were able to get away from ball and, you know, break the routine. I think that's really what it is. And I think if you were to go back and look at us uh, in 19 or even last year, bye weeks still can come at great times, even if you're rolling. Uh, you know, that remains to be seen, but I just know, I just love day zeros. Uh, everybody gets reps, you know, the people that are in the waiting room and it's just, that's kind of what, why the energy is usually a little bit higher just cause you know, we're going, you know, good versus good or a group versus a group as we term it. And yeah, it's just, it was fun. Consistency, a belief, uh, well coached. I've been in big games, home and away, been down. Uh, found a way, you know, had a little slip up, responded very nicely. Uh, they do what champions do. Well, you know, as you saw out there, you know, everybody except uh, Matt uh, took reps today. And so, you know, that'll remain to be seen uh, as we go. And, you know, Louis, it's always after practice, you know, a few hours after how they show up in the morning is usually what uh, most of the practice reps are predicated on. That is the head coach and president of football operations, Orlando Steinauer, as we caught up with him after practice today. We also had a chance to catch up with Jovan Santos-Knox, who was uh, one of the bright spots a week ago in the Labor Day Classic, where he recorded a team-high 10 tackles. But he's also one of the leaders on this team, especially with Simone Lawrence uh, continuing to be on the six-game injured list. So I thought it'd be uh, nice to check in with Jovan. And again, we started off by uh, asking uh, what his highlight of the bye week was. Uh, just, you know, honestly, getting away from football for a little bit. Um, I think it was just a good time for us to refresh, refocus, get away from the facility, get away from, you know, the X's and O's and just kind of being a regular person for a couple of days and now back in the full swings. Yeah, I think you just everyone has, you know, their thing that they do in the bye week, whether it's, you know, rest, whether it's do extra recovery, whether it be maintain the body, you know, luckily I, I was able to stay around this bye week. So um, got to come in here and get some extra work. So uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, you know, it's never easy, you know, going to a bye week after taking an L because, you know, it just sits in your mind for a long time. But, um, you know, the day, minute we got out here, kind of, we kind of flushed all that and, uh, you know, you don't think about it as much. So I mean, during the bye week, I know for me mentally, I was just thinking about it nonstop. So it was the best thing probably for me to get back out here, just to flush it, move on to Winnipeg. Well, I mean, they just have our respect. We know that. We know they're going to give us their best football. And, you know, we, we're going to give that in return. So, uh, you know, with a team like this, you just got to be on your X's and O's. Make sure you, um, you know, spend a little extra minutes in film or whatever the case. Make sure you're just uh, on top of everything because they're a great football team. They're coming to, to, to beat us. So uh, we got to, uh, you know, just be on our P's and Q's. Coming off the bye, what was the energy like uh, day one? What was really? it like to have everybody back? Yeah, you could tell that everyone came back refreshed, refocused. You could just feel the energy. It was, it was a great energy. Um, like I said, we kind of flushed what was happened, what happened to us last game behind us, and we're moving forward. You could just feel that direction. Uh, everybody was, uh, you know, upbeat and just, it's just you don't feel like we're a three and whatever team right now, um, which is good. But at the same time, you know, our record is what it is, so we gotta, we gotta, you know, prove people wrong. Yeah, you know, we're frustrated, like you said, just like, like they are. But just know that, you know, you're not going to have another team working harder to, to turn this thing around. We're grinding every single day. 
you know, staying in late, late hours, coming in early to make this thing work because we do have the right guys in this room and we, we want to show that the fans that, you know, we have the right guys. We just got to, you know, put it on about put it on there out there on game day. So um, just stay patient and that, um, you know, it's still a long season. We still got a lot of football left. I think it's 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 the fun part of where we are in this season. I, every season is a little different. This our our challenge this season is just making it all come together and uh, maybe playing the same football, just complementary football. When the offense is on, the defense needs to be on, and just play three phases. And uh, you know, for me, I, I think it's encouraging. I've been on bad teams where you just didn't feel like you had a chance. So you know, those last six games were just uh, you're just running out there. But with this team, we know we have a chance. We know we have the right people. We know we have the guys. We just got to execute. And when we execute, we're a great team. So. We just want to get out there as soon as possible, which is, you know, against Winnipeg to prove that we are. Hey, I think we washed, we washed away some of our, uh, whatever we needed to wash away off that field, but it's gone now. And like, I, like you said, it cleared up for practice. So, uh, you know, it's just moving forward. I think, you know, we're just ready to rock. And that is Jovan Santos Knox. And as a reminder, you can always catch a full scrums available at ticats.ca. All right, for more on Saturday's game and a look back a week ago to the Labor Day Classic, very pleased to be joined for some Monday morning salutations with Coach Sal, John Salavantis. And uh, Coach, let's look ahead. That's what the Ticats always seem to do. Saturday, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are coming to town. The 12-1 first place Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, really testing the Ticats right away after a bye week. You know, Louis, it, it's uh, very interesting that Winnipeg coming in as they are right now, uh, you don't expect that you're going to get any less from them, but they've already made the playoffs. And, and not only that, but they're coming off back-to-back uh, -back wins against uh, Saskatchewan. The Banjo Bowl was a blowout. I mean, 54-20. to 20. So, you know, in my mind, I, I think uh, thinking about uh, Michael Shea and his coaching staff, they're probably talking about a trap game uh, where they might go to Hamilton and not do as well as, uh, as expected. So we're entering the, the last one third of the season for the Tiger Cats. And this is an opportunity for them to take a step forward and to put themselves in a position where they can go after Montreal and, and catch that second place. I don't know that they're going to get first place from Toronto, but they, they've got a shot to get second place from Montreal. What will it take? What do you need to see on the football fields to give you encouragement going into this last third of the season that, that they can catch Montreal? Well, when you look back, at the uh, last offensive performance that, that the Ticats had. That had to be the lowest point uh, there could possibly be. Last night I was watching Tampa Bay on, on TV and I was reminded of the fact 1976 Tampa Bay came into the league, the NFL, as, an, as a new franchise. And John McKay was the, uh, was the head coach. And he had come from a great program at, at USC. At any rate, they lost 26 straight games before they were able to win one. And I remember one of the great quotes of all time that came out of that when a reporter asked John McKay, uh, what do you think about the execution of your offense? McKay's answer, I'm all for it. <laughs> so, you know, if, if we look back and we say this was a low point, then we've got a chance to move forward and, and to get things done. 
Uh, ho- hopefully nobody's getting executed. <laughs> this this team here, I, I, it seems like you, know, you have Don Jackson, you have the pieces. Tim Tim White's a great receiver. Stephen Dunbar Jr. has shown flashes this season. Uh, Keandre Smith, one of those bright spots on rookies. Is there an added level of of frustration when you have all the pieces there, but it just doesn't seem to come together for some reason? Yeah, there really is. And and you look back at the last game, uh, the two running backs, uh, Sean Erlington and, and uh, uh, Jackson, between them, they had six carries in the ball game. You're not going to win very many ball games if you can't control the line of scrimmage. And and that brings us back to to where uh, Michael Shea, uh, when he was talking about his offensive line, there was a game this year in which the offensive line for uh, for Winnipeg was giving up a lot of pressures and a lot of sacks. And I remember at the halftime, the TSN reporter uh, looked Mike in the face and said, uh, you know, uh, what are you going to tell your offensive line at halftime? And Mike looked right back at her and, and simply said, they'll figure it out. They're veterans. They'll understand what they have to do. So, with Hamilton, it has to get to that point. It's it's like Angelo Mosca when he used to come to practice and all the players would come around to see Angelo. And Angelo always said in the, in the name of his book, you know, uh, look me in the eye and tell me to my face. <laughs> and I think it's time for Hamilton coaches to tell the players in their face, you know, it's your time. You got to get this done. We can't do it as coaches. It's got to be up to the players. Uh, let's talk about the offensive line. Let's talk about leaders because it looks like Chris Van Zyl is trending towards getting back into the lineup. Can you just talk about his what he brings to that offensive line, his experience? He's been doing it a long time, but he really doesn't seem to show any signs of of of, of his age other than the fact that he sent, uh, spent some time on the six-game injured list. But how important is Chris Van Zyl to that offensive line and in turn the offense? Well, again, it goes back to what we were talking about. The veteran players are the ones that have to lead the way. And Van Zyl's been around long enough that he understands and knows what has to be done. Now, when you bring Lance or Chris Van Zyl into the ball game, that gives you one more American someplace that you can put into one of your, your units. And, and if we missed one guy uh, in the last couple of ball games, it's Woods our return man. So, you know, maybe there's an opportunity. I don't know if he's still in sick bay or if he's coming out, but we need to get a return game going. And and this might give you an opportunity, put one more player back on the field. Yeah. And uh, to to that point, uh, Lawrence Woods, not just missed uh, on the return game, but also on the coverage game as that gunner, he's, he's usually one of the first guys down the field. Uh, what would you be looking at at practice this week? Uh, yeah, last the Labor Day Classic was a week ago. Now, uh, you know, I'm sure Coach isn't going to want to look back today too much on that game. But what would you be looking for at practice this week to give you some encouragement going into Saturday? Well, I think you got to look at oh, the the bounce and the step of the players. Are they moving around on the field with a rested week of of time? Are they focus on what has to be done in order to win this football game. Winnipeg's not going to be easy. They know that. 
They know they have to control those two defensive ends who can come off that edge and make it miserable for a quarterback. They know what has to be done. Now, are they focused on that? And, and is the offense making plans to uh, maybe upset those two defensive ends that we talked about? Can they do some things against those guys that would uh, keep them from the rush that, that they're so uh, so good at? And, and so I'm looking at the offensive line in particular, and I want to see uh, that offensive line uh, to do what needs to be done to defend uh, in Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, you know, the, that offensive line has dealt with injuries. Uh, you had Coulter go down last game. We saw his hand wrapped up. So again, day zero, hard, hard to read what we're watching on the field right now, uh, but we'll get an injury report later on uh, today and, and throughout the week for, for the Ticats uh, defensively. Again, I think feel like it comes back to that frustration. They have all the pieces, they know what to do, but it, it just seems, especially in that second half, the other team's adjustments that they're making seem to be picking them apart, at least for a little bit. What have you seen from this defense uh, as of late? And, uh, and is there, I don't want to say concern, but it, what, do you, what do you need to see from, from that defense uh, moving forward? Well, when we look at the defense, the defensive front seven are doing a great job against the run. They've shut the run down against every team that they've played against. Winnipeg has a good running game, and they know how to use that running game. So that group has to play very well. In the secondary, the secondary seems to play extremely well for periods of time. And then all of a sudden, they have a breakdown, uh, a free safety out of, the, out of position, uh, uh, a halfback not covering uh, deep enough down the field. They get hurt with a deep ball in every ball game. Uh, one or two times, maybe three times a game, there's a pass over top of them. So I really think what they've got to be able to do is to combine all of that group together and, and make it so we stop the run up front, we pull, force them into song, uh, second and long situations, we play a little bit more man against them, and we keep that free safety in the middle, and, and we protect the long ball. There are some benefits, obviously, of coming off a of bye week, getting your, your body reset, getting your mind reset. Are there challenges coming off a of bye week? Well, certainly there's challenges because everything in football is a uh, based on a seven-day schedule, we'll say. You know, within the uh, confines of, of the CFL, that doesn't always uh, be true. But at the same time, it's, it's up in the morning, into breakfast, out to the meeting room, out to the practice field, into the meeting room, and, and down for the night. I mean, that's the kind of a schedule and regime that players are used to. You give them a week off, their mind has to rest during that period of time, but now can they refocus and get themselves back in position to play this game? So how do you capitalize on that restfulness, that, that mindfulness that these players are coming off of? Is there some, is there some trick? Is there some key to this first day of practice trying to get the best out of these guys? Well, you know, the first day of practice is generally a, a, an odd day, we'll say. It, it's a day in which, you know, your game plan has been put in, and now you go out and try to execute it. And there's going to be all kinds of errors in that execution on that first day. But after that, after that first day, then things really have to come into focus for those players. 
and they have to understand exactly what they need to do. There are six games left in this season. If we're going to make the playoffs, we cannot afford to stumble. We can't wait on somebody else to stumble. We can't wait for Saskatchewan not to make the, the crossover. We can't wait for uh, the Red uh, Red Blacks uh, to not uh, win a game. You know, Those are things they can't control. Control yourself, control what you can control, and get yourself in a position to make this your biggest win. The last time Winnipeg lost a ball game was to Montreal. That was back in August, the very first part of August. They haven't lost since. It's time for this team, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, to put a win on the board at home. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, a win is overdue around these parts, especially coming off the the Labor Day. Uh, Coach Sal, appreciate this as always. Uh, thank you so much. Looking forward to uh, connecting uh, as we get closer to the game. Thanks. All right. You're more than welcome, Louie. Talk to you. And my thanks to Coach Sal for joining me today. My thanks to you as well, because we could not do the show without your support. So we really do appreciate it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode of this show or any other great shows we have for you here on the Cats Audio Network, like a brand new episode of the CFL This Week. Bubba O'Neill uh, joined by a, a terrific roundtable of guests uh, discussing the big topics of the week following week 14 of the CFL season. Tigers fans, it's time to ride on our strength from now until October 13th. Purchase four eligible Hercules passenger or light truck tires to receive a $100 Ticats rewards card and be entered to win our road trip sweepstakes. Available at participating Active Green and Ross Ontario locations or visit HerculesTires.com slash A-G-R rewards. That'll do it for us today. We are back tomorrow, same time, same place, right here on Ticats Audio Network. From all of us here, I'm Louis Butko, hoping you have a great day. Tricast today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at tiecats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at tiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.